my friends. Welcome to Carmen United Church Worship for May 17th, 2020. I'm the Reverend Nick Phillips, and I'm so pleased to welcome you here with us in worship this day. As I mentioned last week, we were going to have a council meeting on Wednesday, and yes, indeed, that meeting happened. And I would just like to share briefly with you uh, what came out of that meeting. We had some really good discussion, and we really only made two particular decisions that would impact uh, the church today. We've put off some other things until we meet in June so that we can get a little more information from the province and whatever. The first decision was to allow me to postpone my vacation for this year. I, I normally take a month in the summer, but between myself and the council, we thought it may be best that I hang around this summer just in case, and so we're going to do that and uh, my vacation will be postponed. We don't really know what's going on, so we just want to be on the safe side, I guess. The second decision was to keep our church closed until at least Labor Day, uh, possibly longer, but we're going to go until at least Labor Day. And we will continue in worship as we have for the last two months. That is, we'll just post a video on the weekend. After some discussion, it was not seen as particularly beneficial to putting on a drive-in service for the amount of work it would take. Uh, simply, we would be sitting in our cars instead of at home. We did not rule out the possibility of a special drive-in service if we were to partner with other churches in the area. We would not do it on our own, though, we decided. Now, financially, we are doing okay. We still have a large outstanding oil bill from the winter, but we are slowly paying it down a little bit at a time. Earlier this year, we decided that we would cash in some of our stocks that we hold with the expectation that that money would help us through some lean times. And so uh, when that money comes in, we're still waiting for it. Uh, we will use that to pay off the oil bill and put us in a decent financial situation heading into the summer. Next month when we meet, we'll talk about things such as the strawberry tea, which I know so many of you are looking forward to. We had some really good discussion about what our options may be, but we weren't ready to make any decisions until we know more. And so come our June meeting, we will look at this again and decide what to do about our strawberry tea. I want to remind you that starting the week of May 25th, I'm going to start an online study we're going to uh, study something called The Way. It is a resource that is largely self-directing, but we will meet weekly to discuss the topics that are being brought forward. We will engage in the Bible, in prayer, and in reflection as to how God impacts our lives. And we will use Zoom for these meetings. If you're interested, let me know. Call, text, email, message, whatever is best for you, and we'll get you registered. It looks like we'll have two groups that will meet throughout the week. One will meet Tuesday afternoons at 3 p.m. The other will meet at Wednesdays at 7 p.m. So if you're able to take in one of those sessions, please let me know. You do not need to be a member of Carmen in order to take part in this study. We have a family from Halifax that will be joining us, and we're very much looking forward to seeing them. So again, let me know as soon as you can, and I'll get you slotted into one of the groups. And if you have a preference, please let me know. And then I can get the materials to you. I can email them or print them off and deliver them to you. Don't let the thought of using technology intimidate you from taking part. 
If I can get the church council to have a productive meeting over Zoom, then I'm fairly confident that you can use it as well. So get in touch with me. I'll help you get set up. And I'll even, we'll do, even do a bit of a practice session. Don't let this technology uh, prevent you from taking part in uh, a great study that I'm really looking forward to leading. And finally, I want to thank everyone again for their ongoing support of our church. The building is closed, but the work of the church continues in many ways. And there are several ways in which you can choose to support us financially. And however you wish to support our church, your gift is greatly appreciated. You may drop off your offering again to Joyce or myself. You, if you want them picked up, please let us know. You can donate online using an e-transfer through the email address donate at carmenunited.ca or through our website using Canada Helps. Again, we thank you for your generous support and may God bless you in these days. Let's just now take a moment to prepare our hearts for worship this day. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for gathering us together today. We thank you that even, through, even though we watch from our homes, you are here with us, for you are everywhere. So as we offer this time of praise to you, may you bless our homes and our families, and may your presence be felt wherever we are. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our scripture reading today is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 1 through 18. Jesus says, Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound as a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret. And your Father who sees you in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees you in secret will reward you. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then in this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts. As we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. 
And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, as we gather around your word this day, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Now last year when Grace and Joyce were cleaning out the storage uh, space behind the organ, they were going through a number of uh, filing cabinets and they were found with, uh, in their old minutes and bulletins and various other items. They found really interesting things, like the bulletin for the service of this church, 
when it switched over from Methodist to United Church in 1925. They also found the service bulletin for the first service of Sydney Presbytery as the United Church of Canada was formed in this area, also from 1925. There are also other things like, like photos and, and different things like that. Lots, lots of good stuff. But what was interesting that pertains to our focus for today is that they found some old annual reports. The contents of those reports were not terribly different than what we do today, except in one big way. And that is, they included how much money each family gave to the church by name. Now, doesn't that make things interesting? I can see there being a number of benefits to offering such information to the wider church community. It's a, it's a public way to keep one another accountable, as to make sure we're all giving fairly and equitably and, and as best we can to the ministry of the church. If someone is seen as not giving their fair share, then maybe this would be a way to encourage them to give more or possibly even a way to shame them into giving more. But there's also a downfall, aside from shaming, we, we don't want to be shaming, but there is a downfall in that if someone wants to get their own way, that may be contrary to the mission and vision of the church, they may threaten to withdraw their financial support. And if everyone knows that this is a generous giver, maybe a top giver, then it gets difficult to say no to the person's demands. It also gives the impression that we can buy our vote, that by giving more, our votes hold more power and meaning. So while in some ways maybe I'd like to bring back this kind of recording and presenting, uh, just to see how, give us all information about the support of the church, I'm also cautious about the imbalance of power such a, uh, a decision, such a presentation may make. Now for the record, here's what I know about who gives what to the church. I know what my family gives, and that's it. And I'm not even sure of that some days until I get my charitable receipt at the end of the year. All of this is interesting when we pick up from our reading today in the Gospel of Matthew as we continue to walk, walk our way through the Sermon on the Mount presented by Jesus, his first public uh, sermon and teaching. Jesus begins here in chapter 6 with a warning. He warns us not to practice our piety for our own fame or our own personal gain. If you are looking for personal gain from your relationship with God, then your motives, well, they're wrong. And Jesus says your heavenly reward is at risk. He says when you, when you give fi uh, financially, don't make a big show about it. Just quietly drop your offering into the plate and move along. If you're making a big show about how much you're giving, then you're making it about yourself. You are looking for your own praise, for being such a good Christian, and you're not honoring God in that way. Now, later on in his ministry, Jesus is sitting at the temple in the courtyard, watching people just kind of mill about, watching them come in and make their offering. And we read this when we turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, verses 41 to 44. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, 
But a poor widow came and put two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on, Jesus says. Now this is an example of what Jesus is talking about in the Sermon on the Mount. He witnessed it right right in this way in the temple himself. It says that that rich people threw large amounts of money into the pots. And how did he know this? Because they were making a show out of it. Currency in those days was all metal coins. There's no paper money. There were were no e-transfers. When you gave at the temple, you, you put them into large containers made out of metal so that when you put coins in, it made a lot of noise. So when the rich people came in and started dumping in big bags full of money and coins, it drew a lot of attention to them as it all rattled around as it fell into this receptacle, these loud metal containers. And then there's this poor widow who comes in just trying to blend in with the crowd as best as she can. She doesn't want any attention drawn to herself. Jesus watches her from across the courtyard as she walks up to place her offering. And as quietly as possible, she slides two copper coins down the side of the container so that they won't make any noise. Jesus is sitting there. He's watching her. And then he points out to the disciples. He said, this poor woman, she's given far more than any of those rich people. Jesus knows her heart. He knows the sacrifice she has made just to find two small coins in her home that she was able to give. Yet those rich people, they came and they gave out of everything they had left over, out of their excess. They would hardly even notice it was gone. But for these two coins of this small woman, this poor woman, she could have used them. She will miss them. Yet Jesus says she is the one who honors God by showing her great faith that God could use these two simple coins for far more than she could herself. What is the, the, the purpose of our relationship with God? Is it to receive honor and praise for ourselves for the things we do? Or is it to honor and praise God for what he is doing? Whether that be for ourselves or for those around us. Jesus says the same thing for, about the ways in which we pray. He says, don't stand in the crowd using these grand, ostentatious, extravagant, flamboyant words because God does not need show-offs. If you're out there praying like that, praying what you think to be the best prayers, then Jesus says you're seeking your own glory. You're seeking your own praise. Jesus says, just, just pray from your heart. Don't use all those big fancy words. Just just don't. God wants to hear from your heart. God knows what you'll need, what you need, and, and He'll provide when we pray from our hearts. And then Jesus gives us that simple pattern of prayer that we call today the Lord's Prayer. And then moving on, Jesus begins to talk about fasting. After he's talked about prayers and, and our givings, he says, When you fast, Just do it quietly. Don't go around. Don't go around complaining about how hungry you are or how hard it is or what a great sacrifice you're making. Jesus says when you fast, just present yourself as normal. 
Do as you always do. You don't need to let other people know that you're fasting. Fasting is a private, personal encounter with God. Now, I talked about this a few months ago. Fasting is a period of time when we give up something, usually food, most often food. And we do this in order to build our relationship with God. Fasting is a private exercise where we give up a physical need like food and let God feed us spiritually. It's a private thing. There's no need for anyone else to know we're doing it. Jesus says to those who are fasting publicly, those who complain about how hungry they are, what a great sacrifice it is. They're not trying to build up their relationship with God. They're just trying to show off how pious, how religious they are. They're making it a show about themselves and seeking attention for themselves. That's not what God is about. So what are we learning today? Jesus says, don't give in order to draw attention to yourself. Jesus says, don't pray with big, fancy prayers with lots of words. Jesus says, don't complain about how hard it is to fast. What Jesus is saying is, be humble. He's saying, let God work within you. Don't look for attention. Don't look for glory. Just look to God. Be humble. Let God do what God will do. And by humbling ourselves, we allow people to see what God is doing, not in what we are doing. In humble, faithful service, people can see God in action through us. I ask you, what is more important in the church, in the life of the church, than this? Why do we do the things we do? Do we do them to say how great our church is? Or do we do them to show how great our God is? There's a difference. If we are doing them to say how great our church is, then who is getting the glory? Is it God or is it the people in the church? I would argue it's probably the people of the church that are seeking the glory. If we are doing these things to show how great God is, that's where people get drawn in. Now, we may feel good as a result, and that's okay. But the ultimate goal is for people to know God is at work, and there's an opportunity to encounter Him through this work. It's not so people will know us and join us. We want people to join God with us, to be part of the journey we are all in together, growing into the children God wants us to be. So we try, and we, 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 we try and remain humble, these humble servants of God. So what does it mean to be humble? It means we're teachable. We're obedient. We're quick to respond to corrections from God. That is, we're willing to repent from our sins and, and also to forgive. It means we work to glorify God and not ourselves. Now, when we go through this reading, there's a key phrase that keeps getting repeated. And it's three times Jesus says that we are to do these things in secret. And then he says, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. God knows the intentions of our hearts. He knows why we do the things we do. And God wants the world to know him as their father in heaven. 
if we seek to grow, to grow closer to God, if we seek to be responsive to the teachings he has for us, if we are willing at times to sacrifice our own honor and pride and glory for his sake so that he will shine through, then we are rewarded. Now I must confess, it's, it's hard for me at times to receive compliments without letting it all go to my head. People keep sending in notes and messages and comments about these services we put on here each week. I keep reminding myself it's not for myself. This is for God's glory. It's not my glory or Paula Jane's or Emma's. We do this because we want people to know more of God in their lives. And if these simple services are helping you, then all praise and honor belongs to God. May we all give praise to God for his love and his grace in our lives, this day and forevermore. Amen and amen. I invite you now to turn your hearts, join your hearts with me in a time of prayer. Let us pray. Father God, you are the creator of all things. You are the God of all the good and glorious world that is around us. From the massive universe to the tiniest, smallest molecules, it all belongs to you. We are so privileged to live within your grace as we make our ways through this life. And so we give you thanks. We also acknowledge we have sometimes lost our way. We have lost sight of your great plan for us. We have gotten distracted by our own rewards and our own honors. And at these times, we have sometimes sinned and broken our relationship with you. And so we ask you, O oh God, to forgive us and in your mercy guide us back into a deeper relationship with you. Lord, hear our prayer and in your mercy answer. Today, Lord, we pray for the Ehler family and for little Dylan. Lord, our hearts break with his family as they mourn the loss of their son. We pray for peace in their lives, even as the search for him continues. Lord, hear our prayer and in your mercy answer. Lord, we give thanks that we are seeing a decline in the impact of COVID-19 in our country. Lord, we pray for continued patience as we all long to return to life as normal. Yet we also know things will not be normal for a long time. And in fact, we may, to adjust, may need to adjust to a new normal for us that will, will emerge around us. Lord, give us patience and guidance as we seek to live as you would have us live, a good life, a blessed life, that also loves our neighbors across this land and also cares for the beauty of this earth. Lord, hear our prayer and in your mercy answer. Lord, we pray today for those who are sick and alone. O oh God, we pray for their healing and comfort in the name of Jesus Christ. May you bring your peace and your love near them all today. Lord, hear our prayer, and in your mercy, answer. Lord, we turn all of our prayers to you, for ourselves, our loved ones, our church, our country, and this entire world. We take all these prayers and offer them to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, the one who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. My friends, I want to thank you again for joining us in worship this day. May you know the love of our risen Christ in your life this day and every day. Go forth in his name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God and each and every one of us, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to Be Still and Know, a ministry of Carmen United Church in Sydney Mines. To learn more about our ministry, please visit our website, www.carmenunited.ca. May God bless you this day.